Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. All right, all right. Soul City Church, good morning. Okay, I'm going to give you a redo on that one. All right, you can do better. I just know you can do better is all, you know. So here we go. Soul City Church, good morning. Oh, that feels so good. That fills my heart. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, welcome, welcome. Uh, my, as Jeannie said, my name's John. I'm one of the pastors here, and it is so good to be here with all of you gathered in this room, and a special welcome to those of you who are worshiping with us online. You know, throw an emoji, throw a wave in the chat. It, it is so good, so good that you decided to be here and, and gather with us in this way as well. You know, ju- just like all of you, just like that conversation you were having, just like you, I, listen, I have plenty of things I have a laundry list of things in my life that I wish I could maybe get a redo on. I think about the time when I was three years old and I was fully convinced that I was Peter Pan. And so to prove to everyone that I could fly, I decided to jump off of the back of our couch. But of course, you all know that I cannot fly. Three-year-old John did not know that. And so instead, I landed forehead first on the corner of our glass coffee table. Yeah, we did glass coffee tables back then. Uh, And sure, I had a little cut on my eyebrow, I was all good, but I wish three-year-old John could have had a redo there. Uh, I also think about when I turned five years old, at my fifth birthday party, the blue Power Ranger showed up, which was a pretty big deal, and I got so excited that I literally peed my pants at my own party. There it is. Now, a question I've had my whole life, Why didn't my parents let me change before the picture? (laughs) Anyway, now that I have kids, I know why. It's because we have this memory. We have this memory. But man, I I wish I would have kept my cool in front of my hero. However, I did not. Now you all know that about me. Or I think about uh, in high school when my wife Erin and I, when we first started dating, and I told her that one of the things I liked most about her was that she was really opinionated which I thought was a compliment at the time. She did not think it was. However, she did give me a redo and we've been married for seven years. So I won on that one. Uh, But yes, thank you, thank you. (laughs) I I know you probably have some stuff like that in your life where where you wanted a refresh. Maybe you just like wipe the slate clean, fresh start. And some of them might be more silly like those examples that I just gave you, although triggering, like peeing your pants at your own party. But others I'm sure maybe weigh a little bit more heavily on you as you think about them. And I know I have those as well. I think about a time in my early 20s, just after college, I was pretty career driven to the point of kind of being career obsessed just out of school. And in that season of my life, uh, when my grandfather passed away, I decided to not go to his funeral and instead to put in an extra day of work. And man, I tell you what, I desperately wish I could go back to that season and be with my family on that day. Instead, I would, I would redo that entirely. Or, or I think about the times in our marriage now when Aaron and I are in an argument and in the heat of that argument, I say something hurtful to her. Sometimes even saying something deliberately that I know is going to get under her skin. And most of the time, those words, they come out of my own shame or my own embarrassment. But every time they come out of my mouth, I wish I could just grab them and put them back in. I wish I could have a redo. Or I think about perhaps my most serious and most often repeated sin, 
anytime I eat an entire family-sized bag of Garrett's Chicago mix, <laughs> which is every time I eat Garrett's Chicago mix, and every time my stomach wants a redo, says, John, why'd you do this to me? Listen, we all have those things, those things in our lives where we wish we could take back. We wish we could kind of redo or get a fresh start with. Maybe it's, it's words you said once in a conversation. Maybe it's a financial decision that you made. Or you think about an entire relationship that you entered into that you wish maybe you had never started. For some of us, it might not just be one thing. It might not just be one conversation or one decision. It's, it's something larger. Maybe right now, you think about how unfulfilled you are at your job, and there's this temptation. You just kind of want to hit a reset button on your whole career. Start over, something fresh, something new. Some of you think about your family situation and how messy some of those relationships are. How, how, how there's, there's so much unspoken resentment. There's just this bitterness and this anger and unforgiveness that exists in relationships, and you wish you and your family could just kind of wipe the slate and get a fresh start, but you don't really know where to begin on that. And still, I imagine there are others of us here today where it's not just one decision, it's not just one relationship, but our decisions and our relationships and our circumstances over time, they have compounded on top of each other to the point where maybe this morning you think about that question and you're looking for a more comprehensive reset. You're not just looking to kind of redo one little thing, but you look at your life and there's so many things you wish you could take back or redo that maybe you just want a fresh start altogether. You just need renewal in your life. For the last several weeks, if you've been here, you know we've been in this teaching series called Hot Takes, where we're looking at some of the more, more surprising and difficult and demanding teachings from Jesus. And we're looking at how those teachings, although they are challenging, they ultimately are meant to inform and transform our lives for our good and the good of others. And if you look at the teachings of Jesus, actually, you'll notice that he actually had a lot to say about this idea of a redo or, or, or a restart or a fresh start. And not surprisingly, just like almost everything Jesus said, his, his teachings on this, his words, his language that he uses is challenging and it's provocative. In other words, Jesus had a hot take on how we get a retake. Pastor Jarrett would like that one, so I put that in for him. You're welcome, you're welcome. But, but what I wanna invite us to do is kind of wrestle with one of these fresh start teachings that Jesus gave today. And eventually, you should know, that conversation is going to lead us to the waters of baptism. Some of you didn't know, showing up here this morning, that today is Baptism Sunday. And listen, if you have never been a part of a baptism service at Soul City, get ready. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Just get ready, prepare your heart, because it's going to be special. But before we get there, I want to invite you to reach under the seat in front of you and grab a Bible because we got to dive into that first. Go ahead, grab a Bible and turn it to John chapter 3, the gospel of John, the best gospel for obvious reasons. <laughs> chapter 3, if you're worshiping with us online, go ahead, grab your own Bible, open up a tab, John chapter 3 in the Soul City Bible, that is on page 862. A little context before we dive in that'll be helpful. In John chapter 3, Jesus is still at the very beginning of his public ministry. He's just finished performing his first miracle, which was performing water into wine at the wedding at Cana. And what that miracle has done is it started to spread some buzz about this Jesus character. There's a lot of people that are starting to talk about who this guy is, specifically the religious elite of the day. 
who were called the Pharisees. And in John chapter three, a Pharisee named Nicodemus approaches Jesus one evening, and the two of these men have a confounding conversation. I'm gonna start reading right at the top of John chapter three in verse one. Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, that's when you know Jesus is about to drop a hot take, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are what? Born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be what? Born again. So, let's walk through this conversation here. So Nicodemus, right at the beginning of the conversation, he he begins the interaction with a confession of who he sees and believes Jesus to be. He, He says that Jesus is a great teacher, and Nicodemus, he sort of detects some kind of divine or special connection with God that Jesus has through the things that he's doing. And this type of confession, you should know, is actually pretty rare from a Pharisee in the scriptures. Most of the time, the religious leaders of the day, they were opposed to Jesus. They were skeptical of him, oftentimes being directly against the things that he was doing. But Nicodemus, for some reason, he seems to get that Jesus is the real deal. And it's always interesting to look in the scriptures at how Jesus responds to what people bring him. How Jesus responds in conversations like this. And it's interesting to note that Jesus' response to Nicodemus' confession of his identity here, Jesus doesn't say, wow, Nicodemus, you did it. You figured out who I am, and now that you know who I am, guess what you've won? You've now transcended to a heightened level of spirituality. You're now on a new level. He doesn't do that. Now, he doesn't not celebrate him, but Jesus' direct response here is to lean in and immediately invite Nicodemus to go deeper. It's to invite Nicodemus into something more. It's almost as if Jesus is saying, hey, Nicodemus, it's really great that, that you have knowledge about me. It's really great maybe even that you believe in who I am, but there is something more I want to invite you into. There's something deeper that I want to do, something more than head knowledge that I want to do in you and in the world. And if you keep reading through the story, you find out that the something more that Jesus is talking about, that deeper invitation that he's calling us into, is into what he calls the kingdom of God. Now, depending on your background, you might be familiar with this term and some other terms we're going to talk about. But when we think about, when Jesus talked about the kingdom of God, he wasn't necessarily talking about a physical kingdom or a physical place. But we can think of the kingdom of God as a quality of reality. The kingdom of God was the type of reality where God is in charge and human beings live lives of deep flourishing because they are submitted under God's kingship and leadership. And so when we read kingdom of God, we can think about what Jesus described later on as eternal life. 
When we read kingdom of God, we can think about Jesus' words where he said, life and life to the full. The kingdom of God describes this quality of life that is life in abundancy. And Jesus says that we enter into this kind of reality. We enter into this eternal way of living by being born again. Now again, this is language that maybe you've heard before, depending on your church background. Maybe you haven't heard this before. And these words, this phrase, it can feel really religious, can feel really coded, even confusing for some of us, depending on our background. And that's okay, because clearly it was confusing for Nicodemus as well. You saw his response in verse four. He was like, hold up, Jesus. Are you saying that as a grown man, I need to re-enter my mother's womb and she has to go through labor again? Wow, hot take. I don't know about you, I don't know a lot of women who would sign up for that. I already did that with this kid, you know? Now, of course, Jesus isn't talking about that, though. Jesus is not talking about a physical rebirth here, but rather, he's inviting Nicodemus, and by extension us, he's inviting us into a spiritual rebirth. He's inviting us into spirit-led renewal, a fresh start by faith, that can only happen through a relationship with him. Very simply, when we talk about being born again, the invitation to be born again is an invitation to new life in Christ. That's what it means to be born again. At its most basic essence, what it means to be born again, it means to say yes to and to experience the possibility of new life with Jesus, a fresh start in Christ. And this idea, it's expressed in different language all throughout the Gospels and all throughout the New Testament. This is what the Apostle Paul writes about later on when he's writing to the Corinthian church and he says, therefore, if anyone, if any person is in Christ, the new creation, the new person, the new life has come. The old is gone and the new is here. In other words, when you say yes to Jesus, when a person says yes to Jesus, and they say yes to his invitation to be born again, they begin to experience a new and transformed kind of life. They begin to experience that kingdom of God kind of life, that life that has an eternal quality to it, life and life to the full, a life that is far more great and far more beautiful and far more good than maybe they ever imagined for themselves. That's what we're talking about when we talk about new life in Christ. And this new life, It wasn't just available for Nicodemus 2,000 years ago, one evening in the Middle East. But this new life, if you haven't figured it out yet, it's available for you. This new life is available for me. You see, the good news of Jesus, the good news of the gospel, the whole reason these stories were written is to let people know that new life, a fresh start, is available in Christ. Jesus' hot take here is this. You can be made new no matter who you are, no matter what your story is, no matter what you carried in here today, no matter what old stuff feels like is weighing you down, in Jesus, you can be made new. That's good news for somebody. That's good news for me. Maybe earlier in our conversation, when we were talking and you were talking with your neighbor, maybe you thought about all the many things in your past that you wish you could redo. Maybe all the things you wish you could undo. And as you think about those things, maybe you are racked with guilt and shame over the things that you've done, over the things that have been done to you. I want you to know that in Jesus, you can be made new too. 
no matter what that story is. And by the way, a relationship with Jesus, it doesn't delete your past, but it does mean you're no longer defined by it. Because as Paul said, in Jesus, you're a new creation. Or as a good friend of mine likes to say, you are you 2.0. That's who you are in Jesus. Others of you, perhaps, you really resonate with Nicodemus in this story because you see Nicodemus having this awakening of who Jesus is, and that's what's happening in your life right now. You've maybe started coming to church a little bit more, and you're starting to realize that maybe this faith thing isn't exactly what you thought. Maybe your, your vision of who God is and how God sees you, maybe recently that's been redefined based on how you grew up versus what you're experiencing now. Maybe your vision of God has gone from this shame-based vision of God to a God who is a good and loving father. And not just a collective father, but a God who is your father. A God who loves you. A God who actually cares about you and wants what is best for your life. That's a beautiful transformation. That's a beautiful shift that can happen. But I also want you to know that Jesus doesn't want to just give you a new vision of God. Jesus wants to give you a whole new version of yourself through a relationship with that God. That's the possibility. That's what new life means. Others of you, you've been following Jesus for years. Like me, you've heard all of this stuff before. But maybe you need a reminder this morning that you're actually a new creation. This past week, our staff was able to go on our, on our yearly staff retreat. We, we spent three days up at a retreat center in Michigan. It was a beautiful, beautiful time of, of rest for, for our team and, and connection with each other and with, with God and with our mission. And the first night of that retreat, Pastor Jeannie, she, she challenged our staff to, to reflect on two questions walking into the week. One, what are you looking to bring to this retreat? What, what, do, you, what do you have to give? And two, what are you looking to get? What do, you, what do you need to receive from these days? And as I personally reflected on that second question, as I tried to download and ask God, what do you want to give me? God, what, what does my heart, what does my soul need right now? What I kept coming back to was this idea of renewal. And listen, I've been following Jesus for over half my life. I, I'm like a professional Christian. I do this stuff as my job. But even I had grown, my spirit had grown tired. I'd grown weary. And on the first night of that retreat, I, I just opened my hands. I said, God, I need you to make me new again. I need you to keep renewing my spirit day in and day out through a relationship with Jesus. I needed a reminder that God hadn't given up on me. But he still wants to make me new. And no matter who you are, that is true for you. God wants to make you new. And today, we have the perfect way to step into and celebrate new life. Because baptism is a physical manifestation. It is a physical symbol of this born-again new life that we're talking about. Because in baptism, when you go down into those waters, that's actually a symbol of a death. When we go down into the waters, what we're saying is, I'm dying to my old self. 
I'm leaving my old ways, I'm leaving that old life behind, and when we're brought out of the waters, because we don't stay under, when we come out of the waters, we are being born again. We are being reborn into new life, just as Jesus was. That's why, again, the Apostle Paul, when writing to the Romans, in chapter six, verse four, he says, we were therefore buried with him. We were buried with Christ through baptism into death, just as Jesus went into the grave, in order that just as Jesus was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Listen, if you long for new life, if you are burning to begin again, if you're in a situation right now where you feel like you need a fresh start, Jesus is the way to a new life. Jesus is the way to a new life, saying yes to a relationship with him. That is how we are made new. And then baptism is a physical picture of that spiritual renewal that has happened. A much more simple way of saying it is this. Baptism is how you mark your fresh start. The fresh start happens between you and God. That happens when you enter into a relationship with Jesus. And then when you get baptized, you are publicly declaring and marking that in Jesus, God has given me a fresh start. God has given me a new life. God has given me a second chance. God has made me a new person. Yes, I believe that in Jesus, I too can be made new. That's what the people who are gonna get baptized today, that's what they're declaring. That's what they're saying. And through baptism, we get to celebrate as they mark their fresh start. And all this stuff that I'm talking about, this is not just an abstract or theological idea. This isn't just, uh, you know, fancy sort of theological, biblical, religious words. But this newness, this new life is something that has happened and is happening in the lives of real, actual, everyday people. Right here in this room. Right here in our church. And I want to give you an opportunity to hear one of those real-life stories of transformation right now. Someone who, just a few months ago, sat in those seats where you're at as God began calling and moving his story forward toward the waters of baptism. I don't want to steal his thunder, so I'm going to let Caleb tell you his story. Why don't you turn your attention to the screens to hear Caleb's story, and then I'll be up just one minute to lead us forward. My name is Caleb Day, and I'm from Columbus, Ohio. I moved here um, in 2020 of August, and I attended Soul City uh, the beginning of this year of 2022. Even though I grew up in a Christian household when I was getting older, high school and in college, I, I didn't really portray and represent, you know, my faith. There was a lot going for me being a Division One athlete at the U of I. Barrett hit as he throws a pop-up, Caleb Day. You know, I, I kind of just wanted to have fun and focus on, you know, the things that I didn't need to focus on. From there, my life was pretty much going downhill. My senior year of football, you know, I obviously had dreams to play at the next level in the NFL, but I had torn my ACL. I've never really dealt with a huge injury like that. So it really took a, a big toll on me. And unfortunately, uh, you know, when you get hurt, you can either uh, get better, bounce back, or you can kind of sit there and dwell in that pain. Uh, unfortunately for me, I, I, I went the wrong direction. So really after 
my injury, I, I you know, would go out and do a lot of things I, I shouldn't have. And from there, my life really wasn't getting better at all. I was really in this dark place for a good two to three years. When I moved here to Chicago, I realized, you know, my relationship with Abby, my fiance, um, it wasn't really going where we wanted to go. And the main reason was because of me. When I got baptized, I felt that that was a huge, huge turning point for me. I wanted to completely do a 180 and change my life around. Not, not only for you know myself, but you know for Abby, for my family, and just for those that I see every day. When Pastor John, at the time, he said, you know, you didn't need to pre-register. You didn't need to, um, you know, sign up or anything. Right now, this is your opportunity. Um, and before he even said the prayer, and he welcomed everyone to, to come down that wanted to get baptized. I was a little scared, but also the, the joy that I had that, you know, there was no excuse. And really, it surprised Abby because she didn't, she didn't know at the time that I was getting baptized. And coming in that day, to be honest, I didn't know I was getting baptized. So there's obviously a lot, still a lot more work to do. You know, I'm far from finished. And, um, you know, this is something that I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. You know, that day that I chose to take that step, and I feel right now that you know I'm, I have a, a lot of joy in me. I felt renewed. I felt restored. I feel like a new person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I love the way that Caleb portrays his story in, in such, such simple terms. Because it's clear that his story was not always simple. There were complicated portions of it. And yet, yet the promise of Jesus is so simple. And, and its simplicity doesn't make it any less beautiful. The promise is you can be made new, just like Caleb experienced. Just like the people who are gonna get baptized today have experienced. Just like the hundreds before them who have been baptized at this church and the millions before them in the history of the church. Since the very beginning of time, God has been making people new and he's not gonna stop with you. But you are not the exception to this. You are not the one person who is too far who is too stuck in old patterns for God to actually make you new. You are not disqualified from this. And once again, baptism is the perfect way for us to see new life happen in real time. And, and, and like Caleb mentioned, we have some folks here today who have pre-registered to be baptized. And just like Caleb, each and every one of them has a story. They have a story of how God, through a relationship with Jesus, daily is making them new. And we are so, so excited. If you're one of those people who have pre-registered, we're so, so excited to get to celebrate with you as you mark your fresh start. But I also want to speak, and again, Caleb kind of stole my thunder on this one. I want to speak to those of you who, just like Caleb a few months ago, you did not come here thinking or planning on getting baptized today. Like, you didn't fill out a pre-registration form. You didn't bring your swim trunks. You didn't do any of that. But over the course of our time together, as you've heard about this promise of new life, as you've heard Caleb's story, as you've heard about the possibility of a fresh start 
through a relationship with Jesus, you sit there and you know in your heart that is what you need in your life right now. That this is what you not only want, but this is what you need. Listen, God longs to make you new. And so if you want that, and if God wants that, then I don't see anything that should stand in your way of being baptized today, whether you were planning on it or not. And so in just one minute, here's what we're gonna do. In just one minute, I'm gonna lead all of us through a prayer. And when I say amen at the end of that prayer, I am going to invite anyone who wants to be baptized today. Again, whether you pre-registered or the registration's happening in your mind and heart right now, I'm gonna invite anyone who wants to be baptized when I say amen to head out those back doors right there where you are gonna be met by the most incredible team of volunteers and they are going to walk you patiently and prayerfully and lovingly through every single step of this process. These type of Sundays are some of my favorite Sundays at Soul City Church because what we get to watch happen, what we get to participate in is the transformative power of God working in people's lives in real time. We get to watch that occur. We get to celebrate that together. And I also understand that when we give this spontaneous invitation for people to be baptized, sometimes there's a few questions that pop up for folks. Like you might be sitting there right now and thinking, yeah, John, that sounds great. That, that's what I want. That's what I feel God calling me to right now. But what do I do about the fact that I've been baptized before, maybe as an infant or a baby? Some of you are sitting maybe and wondering, hey, does this dishonor or, or disrespect what my parents or guardian did when I was younger? Absolutely not. That, that, that's our belief on it. Our, our belief is that whoever baptized you as a child did so with the hope and intention that one day you would come to follow Jesus for yourself. And so we don't view you getting baptized today as a cancellation of what your parents or guardian did. We actually view it as a completion of their original intention. This is you stepping into the new life that those who love you have been praying for and been praying over you and declaring for you. That's the opportunity you have today. Others of you, you're planners like me. God bless your to-do list. God bless your calendar. God bless that if I knew about it, I would have pre-registered four months ago and made a brunch reservation and invited all of my people. Listen, I get it, you're never gonna be able to get a table now. It's fine. You're thinking to yourself, John, I don't, I don't have extra clothes. This is not waterproof mascara I am wearing. My hair is not ready for a public swim. I understand that. I totally get it. I also don't want you to worry about that. Not because it's not important, but because our team has already thought of all of that stuff. Our team has extra towels. We have extra clothes for you to be baptized in, extra clothes in every size. We have hair products of every kind for every type of hair. Listen, the Soul City bathrooms, they're like a Sephora, a barbershop, and a Bed Bath & Beyond all in one in there. It's beautiful. You're gonna look better leaving than you came in. Believe it. Whatever reservations, whatever questions, whatever hesitations are popping up in you, here, listen, do not let a registration Get in the way of you responding to what God is calling you to. You may not have planned on doing this, but that doesn't mean it's not God's plan for you. You can be made new, and there's no better time to be made new than right now. There's no better time for it. And so again, in just a minute, I'm gonna pray, and when I say amen, again, that is your cue. When I say amen, whether you signed up 
or God signed you up and you're just finding out about it, when I say amen, you can head out those back doors and our team, they're gonna walk you through every single step. You don't have to worry about a thing. And so I would love to invite everyone in this room, if you're able, would you stand with me if you're able? And if you're in this room, or worshiping online, I want to invite you to take a posture of prayer that we often pray with our palms facing up. And all this is is an act of surrender to God. To say, God, whatever you have for me, which we know at the very least includes new life, whatever you have for me, I'm open to. And right now, I want to invite anyone in this room, anyone online who has never said yes to Jesus, who's never said yes to this invitation to be born again into a new and eternal kind of life, who's never said yes to Jesus' offer of a fresh start. Or maybe you have said yes before, but since then, you know, your life has kind of drifted in a different direction, and today you want to renew that yes, just like I did on our staff retreat. You want to renew that yes again. If you need to say yes to Jesus today before you enter these waters of baptism, then I want to invite you to just pray this prayer along with me. And again, when I say amen, we're going to have a party. Everyone's going to head out to be baptized. So I invite you, if you're ready to say yes to Jesus, just pray this prayer along with me. You can do it in the quietness of your own heart. If you're ready to say yes to Jesus, just simply say, Jesus, I say yes to you. I confess the times and seasons where I've turned away from you. Jesus, I turn to you now. I leave the old behind and I receive your gift of new life. And Jesus, thank you that you are the God of new life. You are the God of resurrection. You are the God of the second chance, the third chance, the fourth chance, the fifth chance. You are the God of the fresh start. You are the God who takes in the prodigal son who ran away. When, the, when they return, you welcome them home. Thank you, Jesus, for the possibility of new life that we have. And God, I pray right now, as your spirit moves in the hearts of your people, I pray, God, that we would be moved to say yes to whatever it is you are calling us to, whether it's to a relationship with Jesus for the first time or whether it's to a next step, whether it's baptism, whatever it might be, God, give us the courage, give us the faith to know that when we say yes to you, when we say yes to your will, it literally cannot fail because you have never failed. You have never lost a battle. And so God, right now, I just pray that you would remove any obstacle that might be in our minds, that would still, questions, reservations that are still existing in people's minds. If the waters of baptism are calling, God, move your people there. Move Holy Spirit through this room. God, for those who have already been baptized, would watching people enter into and declare the new life they have in Jesus, would watching this example, would it remind us that we are a new creation, that we have been made new in Christ, God, I just pray for a spirit of newness to break out because you are a God who is doing a new thing. You are a God who is making and has been making and will always make all things new. And so we declare, Jesus, we love you. We declare, Jesus, we invite you into this place to make us new as we watch new life being burst up from these waters. We love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. 
amen, amen, amen. This is it. If you are ready to be baptized, if now is your time, head out those back doors. Our team is ready. We cannot wait to celebrate new life with you. Let's sing together about the new thing that God is up to.